0: come on we're going to sing this part together real quick we cry worthy we're just going to worship worship with your voices just worship from deep down in your spirit we cry worthy
1: we cry worthy we cry worthy is the lamb
0: of God just the voices we cry worthy we cry worthy we cry worthy is the lamb of God. One more time We cry worthy, we cry worthy, we cry worthy is the lamb You're the Lamb of God. You're, You're the lamb. Thank you, Jesus. And your blood
1: washes us clean.
0: Thank you, Lord. You're the pure Come on, just worship,
1: church. sacrifice. Let your life give us life.
0: Holy Spirit you're welcome in this place Come on just rest right now in this moment Rest in worship Knowing that the peace of God is in this room Trust me we've all got a lot to, to deal with There is life that happens But right now is your moment with him You say Pastor Allen I don't know anything about this This is new to me I've, I've never I've been here a few times But what are you doing It's just between you and God right now god is your greatest advocate he is closer to you than you can imagine and he's not out to get you he's not out to cause you problems he's not out to hurt you he's not out to bring pain into your life he's not reminding of your failure he just wants you to come to him so father as a church we come to you this morning where we ask you to minister to your people to do in this room only what you can do you know every situation you know every heart you know everything, and just like we learned Thursday night, the linchpin that's holding us back is fear, and it is broken in this room in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we believe you because you're good. And Lord, I thank you today that we get to step into your presence and not turn back anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. You happy to be in church this morning? Amen. Good job, praise team. Good job, choir. Find two or three people, shake their hand, let them know you're glad to see them this morning. All right, we're going to get right into this this morning. We'll, we'll handle announcements at the end of the service. Take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I know we're moving a little quick this morning, but I'm, I'm learning to move right into what we're doing and not get caught up in too many preliminaries because it's important that we, we really focus in on what the Lord's saying and not just have church. Amen? Amen. You know, you can go anywhere and just have church. Uh, you can have church at home. I mean, it, it, it's not... One of those things that's impossible to do. However, the assembling is not just for church. The assembling is to stir the gift up in one another. Uh, The assembling is to pour seed into you for you to know how to go out and and deal with it. And this morning we're going to talk about strongholds. Um, Did you enjoy, did y'all enjoy the meeting Thursday night with Pastor Tracy? Did you enjoy that? You know, we were out here. I think the video ended up being two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, And we're working on that now, getting it up on the website for you, because you have to go back and watch and and learn. Y'all know how Pastor Tracy is. It takes a minute. But then we all, all of us ministers, there was about uh, probably 18 of us squeezed into the green room, and we were in there for another 45 minutes. And some of the things that he imparted into the ministry gifts in there, uh, man, we didn't even get to eat. There was preachers laying all in my floor. I couldn't get preachers out of there, just all everywhere. So uh, it, it was really one of those nights, and, and I want to say this. I told the team earlier, Pastor Tracy did ask me to convey this to our home folks, um, that it was really nice to be able to come into a church where he was able to get straightway into what he was here to do instead of having to fight through some unbelief and funk and all that. So he, he told me to relay that to you and to say that he's, he's proud of the growth of this church spiritually and physically and that uh, he's, he's so grateful that, that uh, he has a place he can come and just release and there's people that will receive. Amen. And I know a lot of you may not have been here, and that's okay. There will be plenty more, uh, those meetings. But it was, uh, whew, it was good. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. We're going to do a lot of reading this morning. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up uh, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, say tempted, yes. by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came, now say tempter. You know, that's not God, right? God does not tempt you. Don't believe that lie. When the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And he answered, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and sat him at the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, he's questioning who he is. If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, He shall give his angels charge over you. Now listen, he's using Scripture against Jesus. Give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, it's written, you shall not tempt, say tempt, Tempt. the Lord. So if you're tempting, if you're being tempted, it ain't God, and if you're tempting God, you're in the enemy. You're preaching the enemy's gospel, amen. that ain't my message, I'm just giving you free stuff right now. You shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse 8, again, the devil uh, took him up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him. The devil left him. Then the devil left him. Why are you fighting with something that should have left you already? There are, there there's a progression here. Jesus was tempted with his body because he was, he was hungry, of course. Then he was tempted, then he was tempted with his health or with his well being, and then he was tempted with worship. All three of those things, if you will look at your life, are what you're tempted with almost daily. You're always tempted with your health or you're always tempted with your well-being. You're always tempted with uh, with, with, uh, what am I going to worship? What am I going to serve today? There's an internal battle, an internal struggle that goes on in people that we just don't really understand that God is not out to get us. Therefore, we think that we have to do things to earn his love. You do understand there's nothing you can do to earn something that has been so heavily given out to you, you can't earn it even if you want to. You can can do things that keep you in a place that you're positioned to prosper. You can do things that will keep you in a place that you're positioned for healing. You can do those things, but there's nothing you can do to separate yourself or gain more love. Now, some of the trappings of that love, which is healing, prosperity, peace of mind, all of those things, those are things you have to learn how to operate in. But the love of who he is cannot go anywhere. Now... When you learn that he loves you, you learn some things. You learn that, that, that you now have his name. Yeah. See, the name of Jesus was put on you when you accepted him as your Savior. You became, April can go anywhere. She can go anywhere and buy something under Paul Allen Bailey. Yes, yeah, she See how she nodded? She <laughs> sure can. And she's happy to do it. That is true, too. Um, <laughs> But she could get anything she wants in our capacity to buy it with my name. She can even sign my name. She never puts the e in it, and they still take it. <laughs> they, they She's been misspelling our name since we got married. I don't even—is the document legal then? I don't even know. But. <laughs> But because she carries that name and because, because Drew carries my name and Cameron carries my name and all the most of the people on stage carry my name. Most people run around here carry my name. They get to do things under my name. Jordan has learned the power of Daddy. <laughs> Jordan used to walk into a room and say, Daddy said. And Daddy ain't said nothing, but everybody straightened up because they thought Daddy said. Now, she understands that that carries power. So it makes me wonder what is wrong with the church. What is wrong? Here's what's wrong with us. We tend to think that we have to be deep. We tend to think that we have to know everything. We tend to think that we have to sound good. We tend to think that, man, you got to say it this way. You got to do it this way. This church does it that way. This church, everybody's going to worship God different. Everybody's going to do it differently. Some of y'all, some of y'all won't, won't lift your hands like I do. I got a bad shoulder. It just goes... You know, that so you may go straight up. You may you may be arrested a lot. You, you may be good at that. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know everybody has that place that they have to find. And see, it's in that place. And some people never find it because they're so caught up in the externals that they miss the internals. See, we're we are well versed in the art of having church. Oh, we're so good at it. The church I came from, the church I trained at, we were trained in how to have church. Like that was what's what it was called. You preach your training, was you, you gotta learn how to have church. And see, I was the word guy. So I struggled with that. Like, how are we having what we are? And we have. And they'd be like, shut up, just church of God. You know, that kind of thing. Be quiet. That's what they would tell me. Don't, don't bring that up. But I would have questions. How are we having something when we are something? I, So you are, listen to me now, you are the church. This is just a place we come to get together, this is assembling. God is love. He doesn't have it. So for him to say you're mine means that he gave you all that he is. Oh, come on, y'all. We're living way below where we should. We're living over here and trying to we're trying to teach a little prosperity. We're trying to teach you a little healing. We're trying to teach you a little peace. We're trying to teach a little this. We're trying to teach a, Oh, if you just give your life to Jesus, it'll all be all right. First of all, that's a lie. You don't give your life to Jesus, all hell gonna break loose. But you got to have people, that's, that's why the church is important, because we're supposed to teach you how to push through that moment. Because when you push through that moment, you run into something bigger than you've ever been in your life. And you move into a place that you can now lay your head down at night and sleep, no matter what's going on around you. We were here the other night. And Pastor Tracy, if you were here, you, y'all got to understand, there were, there were people, it was, it, was, it was a sea of bodies everywhere everywhere. Y'all thought I was joking about that baby slinging stuff. If y'all are here, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> De- I'm just, sorry, Destiny. Des- Destiny was right over here and she was holding my granddaughter and, and Destiny's just, and she's just worshiping and Pastor Tracy came from here in a full sprint. Yeah. Popped her in the forehead. Destiny goes down and Sherry runs up, grabs the baby in the air, Boom, keeps going. <laughs> I got it on video. Y'all thought I was joking. But it was, it was just one of those meetings. It was just one of those meetings where everything was right. Everything was perfect. And it wasn't the fact that it was Tracy Harris. It was the fact that you learn how to receive. See, we put too much time and effort into people. When it's the anointing that you pull from, you receive what you pull from. You know, you, it, 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 I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. People say, well, that preacher bores me. Maybe you bored the preacher. You do know you're just as guilty. Not here, other churches. (laughs) People come here and they say, man, oh, man, your people are quiet. That's because they're listening. They're learning every word you say. And I I had uh, Jerry Kelly, uh, the guy that takes the pulpit for me when I'm not here sometimes. Jerry's like, man, them some quiet people. I said, yeah, but they tell you everything you said. So now he's like, oh, I better have my notes right, you know. (laughs) So what I'm trying to get you to understand is if Jesus had to go through these three levels of temptation, so do you. You have got to get this. You have got to understand that, th- and we've taught this wrong, and I must apologize as a minister of the gospel. We have taught that there is a place in faith where, where you don't ever have to deal with this again. That's a lie. However, you do get to a place in faith where you move right through it. Je- you know, they, th- they tried to throw Jesus off cliffs. They'd grab him, try to get him out, just, and he just passed right through them. Did that change the fact that they were trying to throw it? No. But he was in such a place of peace that God opened the door and he moved right. See if he would have stopped and looked at what the crowd was trying to do. Even Jesus would have had to deal with the flesh. So there is a place you can get to where your eyes are stayed upon him and perfect peace is at work. But that will not change what's around you. You are an example to what's around you. We're trying to build this bubble where things are perfect. Ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. However, you can build a place where on the inside of you, you're peaceful. That everything in you is working the right way. That you're hearing God. That you're moving forward. You don't have to know everything tomorrow. But my God, learn something. I mean, let's just move a little bit forward. we got to learn to live. All right. me just get away from these notes. i got an axe to grind with modern church. And, and I, don't, I don't have an attitude with it as much as I think we've made the mistake of living from the culture up instead of the kingdom down. I think we've gotten to a place that if we don't have coffee shops in our church, we don't have a good church. Seriously, that's where we're at. And we wonder why people don't get healed. And we wonder why demons aren't screaming out of people. We're wondering why drug addicts. Right here, the drug addict that walked in in the Metallica Kill em All t-shirt, smelling like pot and crack cocaine, could get delivered in an hour. Why is that not happening in our churches? Because the coffee wasn't made right. Now, I'm not knocking any church because I got friends that are some powerhouse churches that got coffee shops at them. I'm just saying, what are we focused on? Because if we're focused on Christ, then at some point we have to be Christ-like. But if we're focused on Starbucks, our church becomes Starbucks-like. Oh, well, Jesus. I'm not knocking church. Understand, I'm not knocking, because we got Starbucks right out there. I need some, by the way. But here's the thing. Where you put your eyes is where you will go. When you started driving, everybody, almost all y'all made this statement. Well, I, you know, if I'm looking over there, I go that way. All of us made that statement. You know why? Because that is what you did. But you trained yourself to get out of that. In aviation, that is deadly. You have to get out of that because you're taking off. You're 50 feet off the ground, and all of a sudden your wing's about to, it's about to tap because you're just looking where you're going. That will kill you in aviation. You can't go by what you see. You can't go by what your body feels. You have to go by knowing that he loves you, knowing that he cares about you, knowing that he sent Jesus to die for you, knowing that no matter where you are, he's there. That's scary. Because he knows where you were yesterday. He knows what's going on in your life, and he's not angry at you. But he, listen, y'all got to understand something. Jesus loves you where you are. And he loves you enough to not leave you there. Right here. The devil left him, and the angels came and ministered. Now, I'm a faith guy. So I, I believe in sending ministering angels assigned in my life to go and do what I need them to do. That's biblical. But if they haven't even gotten to the ministry part to me yet because I'm still stuck in a fence or hurt or pain. See, we, we're trying to get to the sending of the ministering angels and we hadn't gone through the progression yet. Right. Everything works with God systematically. God is very strategic. He's not random. People say, well, people just popped up and got healed in church. No, no, somebody put some work in. Somebody somewhere positioned themselves to walk in something. Somebody got in the right meeting. Their faith was there. Everything connected. Whatever it was, something began to work. And I have to understand, as a pastor, not everything's going to work the way I think it should. We have learned to control meetings by controlling people. When God wants us free in every area. Now, I told you all this a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to say this again. I'm a grace person. I think when you come from my background, you need grace. Lord Jesus. But grace, listen to me grace and faith work together, they're not enemies. They're, they're, they're not, we, we, we preach it like they fight each other, but they have to work together. They can't, one can't work without the other because you can't just believe God into a new season in your life without knowing he's graced you to walk into it, that he's forgiven you, that he loves you, that he cares about you right where you are. And you can't just live in this agape love, that sloppy stuff where it's just all is well and keep doing what it is you were doing before and call yourself a believer. You have to be moving forward. But here's the kicker. God is freedom. Amen. But when you are free to do whatever you want, and you are, whatever you choose, that's where your heart is. And that's what God's trying to fix. And what we've missed in the church today is we've tried to preach people out of a bad heart instead of out of a bad place because your heart's not bad. It's just tainted. And we've got to get it cleaned back up. Because we've gotten to a place where we want churches that have major facelifts when we just need a heart surgery. We, we got plastic surgery churches. As long as it looks good when you want, you, you do realize that some of, the, some of the stupidest things will keep people away from churches. You know what One of the top, in the top five? Dirty bathrooms. How spiritual can you be? That, that, that People getting healed in the sanctuary because somebody missed something in the bathroom. Oh, I ain't coming back. I mean, can you believe that is where we are today? But yet Jesus was preaching on a hill. He didn't have no sound system. He had nothing. But everybody was silent to hear what the man of God was saying. Because he was giving life. And I think we've gotten to a place where we're trying to give love, but we're trying to give it humanly. And we're not teaching what real love is. Real love's correction. It really is real life's correction. I mean, I I, I love I love all of y'all, and to be quite honest with you, none of y'all are my kids. But even in that, if I saw one of y'all wandering into the highway, I'd tackle you right out of it because I love you too. But if it's one of my kids, I'm really going after them because y'all kind of dumb. I'm just playing. I'm I'm just playing. I know my kids dumb. Not playing. Grayson, my granddaughter Grayson, she's three years old. She's about to be four. She doesn't have the concept of the danger in that highway. So it's our job, and I would like to think everybody in this room, if you saw a three-year-old walking toward the highway, that you would break out and go get them rather than going, my God, would you look at that? (laughs) But you do realize that's what churches do now. My God, would you look at that. Instead of falling over themselves to help somebody. Instead of doing everything possible to get people to understand they're loved in Christ. That they can be put back together. And some processes are fast and some processes are slow. But there is a process. And there's a place where you can put yourself in his hand. There's a reason he's called the potter. There's a reason he can take broken vessels and put them back together in. And you got to understand, what he's saying is not only will he put you back together, you will be in a place, if you really focus on him, as if you were never broken to begin with. See, we're preaching stuff. People ask me all the time. I I, I get calls all the time. Because of the type of ministry I do with with jail and and different men's homes and things, I get, oh, come give your testimony. And I, I turn a lot of them down. I really do. And here's why. Because the testimony of that man, that's a dead man. I'm a speaker of life. I'm not a speaker of what I used to be. And I'm not going to sit here and waste my time telling you how I used to act and the things I used to do to my wife and to my kids and how much they hated my guts. And then all of a sudden they saw Jesus come in to change you. How about today? What's going to help you today? And what's going to help you today is this. If Jesus had to endure a few things... But he died on the cross to give you his authority, his blood, and his power. Your endurance should be quicker and faster and moving right through. And we have the luxury of having a Bible that tells us God's not tempting us. It's the enemy. See, I, I, one, one thing that just makes me want to eat a coat hanger is, is when I'm sitting in my office and somebody go, Well, you know the devil, he just after me. Been like that 2,000 years, y'all. There ain't nothing new. But you do know, but even by mentioning his name, you just gave him power. People say, we'll pray for him. I'll go to different churches, lay hands on people hit the floor, and they'll come up, and they'll be gloriously blessed. And just glowing in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, they'll go, well, you know the devil. In this atmosphere, why does he matter? Because we're trying to get you to a place of peace, but you're magnifying your problem, not your deliverer. See, you got to understand something. Your deliverer is not always a likable person or a likable moment. we got to understand that when it comes to politics. Right. Sometimes the right person ain't the most likable person, as we know. But when, so, hey, I, t- I found this out in my life. When I'm, I'm, I'm a business person, but I know people that, are, that have bigger, better businesses than I have. So when I have to learn, especially we're going into new levels of business with our family, The things that we need to know to be successful are things that bump against what I think. But yet they got all these zeros in their bank account, and I got like two. (laughs) So who am I going to listen to? That doesn't mean it's likable, but it is necessary. There are some things that God's going to ask you to do that you ain't always going to like. We got to get this flowery kumbaya stuff out of the church. Sometimes, listen, let me tell you all something. I was in a service... And I was young in the Lord. And I was an armor bearer for my pastor at the time. And I was at a service at another place. My pastor was not there. I just happened to be there. They knew my pastor. They knew who I was to him. They called me out and they said, your pastor, uh, they didn't, they, uh, I can't remember how they knew. It wasn't by the Spirit. They knew he was having problems with his eyes. And they said, we, we need to believe God. We need you to stand in the gap for your pastor's eyes. And that's very real. That's very real. So I step up, chest out, ooh, standing in from a pastor. All of a sudden he goes, <laughs> And y'all know me. My toenails curled up, went right into my foot. <laughs> but you know what? When I got back to church Sunday, his eyes were healed. I didn't like it one bit. Not one bit. Matter of fact, if I told you who it was, you'd probably know who it was. And, and I called him in the parking lot, and like, look, I love you. That better been Jesus. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but it worked. See, sometimes we make doctrines out of things like that. Well, look, hey, look Pastor Osmond got his eyes healed. They licked his eyes. Everybody starts licking everybody in prayer, like, no, no, no. You don't make doctrines out of things like that. You just do what the Lord's telling you do at that moment. <laughs> I mean, Such a bad example. Anyway. <laughs> And I'm going to be honest with y'all I hate feet I wish everybody had nubs And we just kind of hopped around I just hate them Especially if you got them little hobbit feet Hair all over them But then the Lord tells me I've called you to a new place in ministry Go wash your pastor's feet But before you do that You wash your wife and all your children's feet And I'm like But I did it. I did it. You know why? Because I needed to be delivered from one moment into the next. And I had to obey. See, that's leading. That's not temptation. The temptation was to disobey. Y'all got to learn. They all go ahead. The minute an instruction comes, the tempter comes to try to tell you, well, there's a different way. Yeah. There is no different way. If God says it in his brain, that's how it's going to happen. That's how you're going to do it. That's how you're going to get free. Right. So what you got to understand is this. He loves you more than you can even imagine you're loved. But he also has a place for you to get. All of those places take instruction. If you can't figure out the will of God for your life today, go back and ask yourself, did I do what he said last? This thing ain't hard. See, God knew I was going to be in the church and that I'm not very smart. And he had to make it easy. And that is how easy it is. When I see things in my life not working, I go back and see, did I follow the last instruction? Because the last instruction was what was going to get me to the next level. So look, then the devil leaves, amen, and behold, or listen, y'all got to understand this word behold. God himself is saying, check this out. You need to see this, that after you endure that, Look what's coming. Now, there are things that God has spoken to you. Everybody in this this room is called to something. Everybody in this room has something amazing to accomplish. And all of you have been through some of these things. Some of y'all have been through on this carousel many, 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 many times. And God's trying to get us to stop going around the mountain to where we can get to the place that the angels come and minister. What does that mean? What does it mean when the angels come and minister? It means that provision, no matter what it is, physically, spiritually, emotionally, socially, financially, it all begins to show up. That's what that means. And I want to tell you all something because I am a prosperity preacher. (gasps) Yeah, I am. Prosperity is more geographical than it is financial. You'll never prosper until you're in the right place. You'll never prosper until you're sowing in the right ground. You'll never prosper until you're planted in the right church. Now, you'll have some blessing here and there, but true prosperity, and I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about peace in everything. That's what prosperity is. And when you move into that place, your life just begins to line up. Your job is to stay peaceful. You know, the hardest thing for a Christian to do is to stay peaceful. Do you know that? It's not, it's not to pray for one another. It's, it's, not, it's not just to show up at church on time. That seems to be hard for a lot of people, but that's not really the main thing. It's hard for a Christian to stay peaceful because you're always inundating yourself. Let me tell you all something. We got right out of Christmas, and we said, you know what? No, no social media, no email from the church, no, no contact, stay in your office, Alan, all that kind of stuff. We made a deal That that for a few weeks, we weren't going to be doing any of that. And if you've been here for any length of time, you've noticed over the last few weeks, I haven't been in the hallways like normal because I'm doing what I felt like the Lord had asked us to do. So much peace, even in our, even the way we were speaking with each other changed. Everything began to adjust because the distractions were gone. Now, you have to ask yourself, how many distractions in a day are you dealing with? How much time are you on social media versus prayer? How, how many, well, let's just, let's take it off social media because I don't want it to be just young folks. How many of y'all watching Gunsmoke? Bonanza. I knew I was coming. Instead of praying. And I ain't talking about praying for Festus because we know what he gonna do. I'm talking about, re- I, I'm talking about really getting quiet because prayer ain't just you talking. My God, people, uh, April, let me tell you something. This girl, she's got the gift of intercession. You ever want anybody to intercede for you? She's the one. But, but man, I remember, I remember we asked her one time to pray over something, and, and the kids were like, hey, Mom, we don't want the food to get cold. Because <laughs> she, she taps in, and she goes, and she gets lost in prayer. What a gift that is. But most of us think if we, we, ain't even hit, we ain't even Tebowed good yet. We ain't even got our knee down yet for we're done. Oh, praise the Lord, it's coming. Hallelujah, we have it. That ain't faith. That's not faith. You know why? Because all you've done is given God your Christmas list. All you're doing is telling God what you want, and you're not listening to what he's asking from you. Now, let me say something to you. God requires things from you, but he doesn't make you give them to him. You have an option He proved through Jesus that he would give you everything in proper context. He proved he would give you everything. Matter of fact, all power was given to Jesus. Jesus, in turn, distributed it to us. But the problem is is we're trying to live on everybody else's story. We're trying to take what somebody else has said and apply Well, you know, they, they were believing God for a car, and they sold $200. And they, they sewed it into this church, and they, they got on this prayer line, and they listened, and they called TBN. And, and they, bless God, uh, we ain't got $200, uh, we'll save up $200, and we're going to do the same thing. No. You've got to get quiet with the Lord because he may be telling you to sow five. He, he may not even tell you to sow anything. Now, look, I, I don't, don't, don't look at me funny because y'all know I'm a prosperity guy. But sometimes we get so caught up in the act of finances that we miss the greatest seed is the seed of relationship. We miss the fact that, yo, okay. We miss the fact that He's called us to be close. He is so close. He is so close. And all He wants is you to talk to Him. I'm I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, now I'm a grandfather. And all of those relationships require different communication. But when it comes to my kids and now my grandkids, I want them close. I mean close. I want to know what's going on in their life. Not in an intrusive way. But I now have wisdom at this age that I didn't have when they were little. That I just tell them, why, why, Dad? Because I said so. You know, that kind of stuff. And now I can take an hour and a half and explain why you don't do that. A little wisdom about them. Now, now they, don't, they don't have an hour and a half for me. But, but it's like this. And I'm nowhere near my notes, so we'll save the sermon for next week. God has called you to be so close to him that you go into action before he's finished the sentence. That you're so connected with him that you know what he's saying as he's saying. And you're moving into it. And Now listen, there are some things, again, he's going to ask you to do that aren't comfortable. But they are necessary. I guarantee you Jesus was not comfortable on the cross. He was not comfortable in the garden simply praying. He was not comfortable being drugged and beaten and hit and lashed and, and his body being torn apart and his, his internal organs hanging out and they had to hide him with a robe. You need to understand there's a reason they put that robe on him. They pushed it into his ribs to hold his intestines in. When they hung him on the cross, his intestines hung down to his ankles. Those things happened. But see, we, we see the little pretty picture. And we see the, we see the three crosses at Easter. And, we, and There was so much that he went through for you. And I got one question, that I'm done. Knowing that he went through that for you. Wouldn't it be worth it to go through a little bit for him? Because on the other side, ministering angels. Jesus was tempted. Then he was tempted. Then he was tempted. Then he was ministered to. I'm not saying that you've got to go through all the three of those things. And it may be simultaneous. What I'm saying is everything with God is specific. And I will tell you this. And I've learned this over all these years of ministry. Strongholds, soul ties are the most dangerous thing in the church. And it's in your life. Well, pastor, what's a soul tie? Well, I'm glad you asked. I used to watch uh, uh, for, I used to watch the Guinness Book of World Records and all this kind of stuff, and there was a guy. That had the world record he had in his back uh, They would pull his skin up And take these gigantic fish hooks And put them through his back He had 12 of them, 6 on each side And they would literally pull his back up And it would be hooked in And they would lift him up And swing him That's a soul tie Every time Listen to me now Every time you are connected in your soul To an improper relationship You're connected emotionally You're connected with your brain. You're connected with your thoughts. And it's improper. It's not somebody that God put into your life. And Satan has used that to hook something into you. And you have thousands of them in your life. And you have got to get to the place that in prayer, when you get free in the Holy Ghost, you begin to slash those things away one at a time. And God reveals things for you to work on, not because he's angry, but because that's your next hook. It's time for that one to come out, y'all. I've been in this thing over twenty years. I, 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 April and I have been married uh, twenty five years. We 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 got all these kids, and they're still at this age. We've been ministering. We call. We got opportunities. We got all these things, and we still have soul ties. We still have things that crop up. When I was a little boy, my my dad passed away when I was twelve. My brother, my brother and my sister did their best. But I was a little boy without leading, without guidance. I didn't have anybody telling me who I was. And it put a place in me that I I had to be better than everybody. You put me on the drum set, I'm going to outplay you. I had to prove what I could do. That's why at the age of 19, I was about to sign a record deal. Because I pushed myself so unhealthy to do that. But it put so many soul ties in me that it took me years to begin to cut all that away. To even today... I told y'all this story before. A good friend of mine uh, played drums for a Sweet Tea Trio. They opened up for Bon Jovi not too long ago. They were in Birmingham. And he called me and said, I got you a pass. All access. Anywhere you want to go, come on in. You get to go hang out with the bands. And I turned him down. Because I will never be called into that world again. Because y'all have no idea the world I lived in, the darkness of that scene. And the things that I've done my best To tell people not to go into. Not out of judgment or pain. Because you don't know what you're hooking yourself to. And it has you. Once it's there, it has you. Until you learn the power of the name of Jesus. And sadly, we're just church people who just pray in the name of Jesus. How dare us use his name so flippantly. When he gave us victory. People say all the time, certain denominations will say, well, the Day of Miracles is over. But do you pray at church? Well, yeah, we pray every Sunday. We take communion. Why? Well, God just doesn't talk to you, Alan. Then why do you pray? God's just not going to change everything for you, Alan. Then why why don't y'all go play golf on Sunday? What do you believe? Because I am at a place in my life where if he can't talk to me and I can't talk to him, I'm tired of wasting time. But all the things that were between you and him when the veil was torn. Listen to me now. When the veil was torn. Religion Was done away with The relationship The Bible says that Jesus came to seek And to save That which was lost That was your identity That that was your Opportunity to be back in him That was for you Knowing that he loves you He cares about you He's not out to embarrass you Not out to hurt you Not out to cause you harm However he won't Let me tell you something My kids will tell you Every one of them They'll tell you Drew's right here If I know there's somewhere And there's harm I don't care who I'm coming up in there Ain't nobody hurting my kids. They're just not going to do it. And they're they going to pay for it if they do. Well, Pastor, that's not very loving. I ain't Jesus. I ain't Jesus. Let me tell you something. Somebody breaks in my house. I'm, I'm just disclaimer. Sam, you're going to be my attorney. Disclaimer. Somebody breaks in my house to hurt her or to hurt her or to hurt her. or Where's my, where's my daughters at? Or to hurt her? I like got kids everywhere. Her, her, and her. her you ain't a her. If they, somebody breaks in my house, I said daughters. Why are you raising your hand? was it you or him oh y'all oh okay my bad somebody breaks in my house to hurt my daughters and I take him out which I would and I kill him I I'm not trying to be funny somebody breaks in my house and, and I shoot them if they're trying to hurt my wife or my daughters I just so you know I will shoot you it's not because I hate them it's because I love her and you've got to understand what Jesus would invade and mess up your entire plan to keep you from a mess. Well, I just, don't, I just don't know why the Lord let this happen. You stayed there when he told you to leave. I just don't know how in the world that this happened in my life. Uh, I, you know, God, why did you do this to me? He had nothing to do with it. There's three words that you need to learn. It is finished. He gave you everything. What you do with it is now up to you. And he has given you the power to overcome everything. And one last thing, Jesus was on a boat. Jesus was on a boat and the waves were tossed and he said, listen, he said this, he rebuked the wind. Y'all please listen to what I'm saying. This is a whole other message. I'm going to give it to you in 10 seconds. He rebuked the wind, but he calmed the sea. He rebuked what was not natural and he calmed the effects on natural by
1: unnatural.
0: There are a lot of things in your life that supernatural forces are causing waves in your life. And you have in your voice the power to calm. You have it. You don't have to ask Jesus to do it. God, why is this happening? You have what it takes to say no more. With this happen to me in Jesus' name. And if you can ever understand your authority, your life can change. My job is to do one simple thing. Throw seeds out. You have to grow it. Stand your feet with me. Come on, just bow your heads where you are. Just bow your heads right where you are. You know, normally right here, I'd give an opportunity for people to get saved, and we're going to do that in just a minute, but... There is such a pull in my heart right now to just just pray over every person in this room that the anointing and the power to calm in your life is at work in the name of Jesus. Lord, their minds are are their minds are going crazy. They don't understand why this is happening. Why is that happening? Why did this happen to me as a kid? God, if you love me, why did this happen? God, if you cared for me five years ago, why did this take place? God, if you cared, if you were real, God, why did this happen? Let me explain something to you. There were people given charge over you, and they failed. But God says, I'll be a father to the fatherless. And he wants to fix you as if it never happened. So, Father, I pray over every person in this room that they have the power to calm in their life, that they begin to speak like you tell them to speak. They have your word in their heart that rolls off of their lips. And with the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ, the name of our Savior, we call their minds, their hearts, their lives to be at peace. In Jesus' name. Just be at peace. Just be at peace. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, if you're in this place and you say, Pastor Allen, I don't know Jesus, but I want to, we're going to give you an opportunity. Nobody, listen to me now, nobody's going to pull you out. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to drag you to the front or off to another room. This is simply between you and the Lord right now. All we ask you to do is if, when I count to three, if you'll lift your hand and put it right back down. That way we, I know, I'll be the only one seeing it. That way we know who we're all praying for. We're all going to pray together. We're going to support you and love you and care about you. If you're in this place, and today is your moment, today is your time, today is your day for you to accept Jesus as your Savior. On the count of three, just put your hand up and right back down. One, two, three, all across this place. Amen. All right. Let's pray, people. Everybody say this after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I accept Jesus as my Savior. Fill my heart, Lord. Take me to another level. I am saved today and forevermore. I thank you that heaven's my home and the kingdom is at work in my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. People got saved today, church. Amen. Now, I want to say this, and then we're going we're gonna to let Trevor take over and wrap this thing up. Um, the Lord's not specifically uh, uh, told me to lay hands on people today, but to, to say some things corporately. And I'm going to say this, and then we're done. This, this church is going through a spiritual promotion right now. Um. Y'all are growing up some. Anytime a church begins to go through a promotion and begins to grow, that means they're growing on the inside. And, and I just want to say as your pastor, that blesses me because it makes me feel like I'm doing something right. <laughs> but, but I want to say this, and, and then I'm, I'm going to get off this stage and be done for the day. Um, I told y'all that, that Pastor Tracy had, had given his love and, and, and was so grateful for, for the meeting the other night. But this is the other thing. The ministers that were here, and there were a bunch of them, They said that the atmosphere in this place made it easy. Now, listen, if you ain't ever been a preacher to go to another church, it's tough to worship in another church. Unless they just blow out good, it's tough to worship in another church because you start picking things apart. That's that's what we do. But every single one of them had tears in their eyes saying, there's an atmosphere here that we wish we had in our church. That's not just because they're good. That's because you guys are growing. And I just want to say as a pastor, thank you so much. Thank you so much because this church was never built on cliques and denominations and who's important and who's not. It was built on Jesus. It really was. April, do you have anything this morning before I, before I finish up? Okay. So what I want to say is this, and then Trevor, you're going to have it. What I want to say is I love you all very much, and I'm so grateful that you're a part of this ministry. And there are no, listen to me now, there is no such thing as somebody being more important than somebody else. You all have to understand you each have a piece and a sliver of the ministry of the gospel that God has called you to. Some of you, it may be hospital. Some of you, it may be pulpit ministry. Some of you, it may be worship. Some of you, it may You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at the simplicity of the ministry you may be called to. But you're anointed for it. And I pray every single day that it becomes so real to you that it drives you crazy that you get involved and become a part of it. I just want you to know if you start getting driven crazy, it's my fault. Because it's not because I need workers. i got plenty of people. What I need is for you to become what you're called to become. Amen? Amen. Take this thing, Trevor.
1: Thank you, sir. Hello. Ushers, if you guys could come on up with the buckets. Um, What I'm going to do is give them an opportunity to walk down and, and give you the chance to give, and I'm going to go over the announcements while they do that. Just know that this church believes in seed, time, and harvest. It's in the Bible. It says that as long as the earth remains, so will seed, time, and harvest. So um, just know that when you give... Here to this church, it's going to go to the right place. Um, all that we ask is that you give out of the obedience of your heart what God's asking you to give, not what we're trying to pull. Because as Pastor Allen says, if a man could pull it out of your pocket, it wasn't from God, right? So, ushers, if you guys want to go ahead and, and walk down. Um, and while they're while they're uh, doing that, <clears throat> I'm just going to let you know, um, if this was your first time here, there's a guest card in the front of your chair if you want to fill that out usually you give it to Kaylee she's not here if you want to give that to me and I'll get it where it needs to go Uh, Mr. Brian uh, he's not here either but we usually do next steps on Sundays if you want to start that next week uh, just get with me and we'll point out who he is and after service on Sundays he comes up here and he'll take you through next steps Um, March 7th at 10 a.m. in Adamsville uh, at Spirit Life Church there's a women's meeting Pastor April will be speaking if you're wanting to go to that, um, get with her so she can, get, can have a head count of who all is coming. And, um, and she'd love to see you there. Again, And that's at 10 a.m., March 7th at Spirit Life Church in Adamsville. Um, youth and Wednesday night service is starting back up this week. Uh, so at 7 p.m. if you want to join us for, for Wednesday night adult service and youth, we'd love to have you. Thank you, guys, and be blessed.